When you're buying your first property, should you buy your own home or condo to live in, your principal residence, or should you buy an investment property first? Coming up on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Welcome back to the show, and thanks for listening in. Once again, Andrew LaFleur here and happy to be with you today. Today we want to talk about putting first things first, as it were, when you're buying a property, your first property. Should your first property be an investment property or should your first property be your principal residence, your home, your condo that you're going to live in yourself? Well, um, I believe that your first property in the vast majority of cases, almost all the time, should be your principal residence. You should be wanting to get into your principal residence and owning your principal residence, owning your own home or condo as soon as possible. And then after you've done that, you can start to look at building your real estate portfolio with investment properties. This podcast came about this week. I was talking to somebody this week and they were a big time real estate investor. Um, and I knew that they had, they purchased many uh, properties for investment over the years, and they've got quite a portfolio going on, buying several properties pretty much every year. Um, and I was shocked to find out that this person did not own their own home. They were actually a renter themselves. So they owned all these investment properties, but they were renting themselves. And it really got me thinking, um, as I give this sort of advice a lot to different people and people ask me, you know, I have some money with this, my situation, what should I do? Like I said, almost all the time, the answer to this question is you should buy your own principal residence first before you're moving into investment properties. And there's a few reasons for that. Um, And before I get into the reasons, I should also add that I think my personal philosophy for most people is that You should buy it when you're buying that first home or when you're buying a second home, third home. As you're buying your own principal residence, my general philosophy is you should buy the biggest, the most expensive, not necessarily the size of the biggest, but the the biggest in a dollar sense. um, You should should spend the most possible. You should should, uh, buy the biggest house possible. You You should spend the most amount of money possible, house or condo, of course. Um, And that you should not follow the advice of, you know, uh, of, of not maxing yourself out of, of not stretching yourself too thin. If you're approved for, you know, a million, you should spend 700,000, that kind of thing. No, I'm a firm believer that if you're approved for a million, you should spend a million or even a million in one. Um, you you should spend as much as you can. And the reason for that Um, is that I really believe that stretching yourself in that sense is a good thing. Um, This works for me. It doesn't necessarily work for everyone, but this is my philosophy and I wanted to share it with you and help you understand my thinking. Maybe it resonates with you and it's helpful for you to think this way. If it's not, then that's okay too. But as somebody like myself, I consider myself a fairly, um, um, I have a fairly high risk tolerance when it comes to real estate investing. And I believe that stretching yourself is good. I believe that in a general sense, putting big things ahead of you in life and in finances is a good thing. Um, setting big goals is, is a good thing, that it stretches you and forces your mind and your, uh, forces your mind to think in new ways and forces your, um, 
creativity to come up with new solutions um, when you're faced with big challenges and big and, and, and buying a house that is the most you can afford and, and stretching yourself financially is one of those ways that you can do that. And, and as you do that, it forces you to grow. It forces you to think differently. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, if you have a business, it forces you in a practical sense to make more money and to grow your business and to increase your financial future. Um, and if you are a real estate investor, whether you know it or not, you are an entrepreneur. Every single real estate investment that you make is a small business in itself. It is a um, cash flow producing business. There's income, there's expenses, there's capital expenses. Um, and uh, you've got a customer, there's money coming in, there's money going out, you've got debts to fulfill, um, you've got taxes to pay. You are a business, you are an entrepreneur if you own real estate. And uh, whether you're a risk, high risk or low risk, uh, you are still an entrepreneur. And again, this is this this stretching sort of exercise to me is a very good thing. It helps me to grow and to move forward in life and in, in finances and business. And so for that reason, I do believe in stretching yourself financially when it comes to this. But also just look historically, factually speaking, if you look historically at Real estate prices over the long run, they continue to go up five, six percent a year over the last 50 years is is what we um, have seen and what we'll likely continue to see in the next 50 years. And if that trend continues, you will be very thankful when you reach the later stages of your life, when you are um, in the retirement years or, 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 you know, approaching the the final years or decade of life and you have made decisions to stretch yourself 20, 30, 40, 50 years earlier to buy a, as big of a house as you can afford those, uh, like, you know, if you, if you bought a, if you, if you spend an extra hundred thousand dollars today and you push yourself to figure out how to make those numbers work and you get that extra hundred thousand dollars today, that extra hundred thousand dollars on top of your what you were going to spend on that principal residence 30, 40, 50 years from now when you are, uh, you know, 75, 80 years old and you are reaching that stage where you're going to be selling that asset or, you know, if you're thinking beyond that, if you're thinking in, in the event of your death and, and your estate and being able to pass things down to the next generation um, and to leave that wealth for them, that little incremental decision that you made decades before to spend that extra hundred thousand can translate into many hundreds of thousands of dollars of extra money in your estate or in your um, retirement um, net worth as you as you downsize as you move into um, different you know uh, retirement homes or into uh, if you're going from a house to a condo for example or if you you know want to travel the world with that money whatever it is you want to do when you're reaching those later stages in life these small decisions that we make today in our 20s and 30s and 40s have big, huge impacts on uh, the kind of life that you're going to leave, the kind of legacy that you're going to leave, and the um, obviously the, the bottom line net worth that you're going to have when you are in those later stages of life. So for that reason, for those reasons, I do believe in stretching yourself. I do believe in going to the max or even potentially beyond it in some cases. Again, this is advice for me. This is a philosophy for me, not necessarily uh, something that everyone will embrace and everyone will understand. I get that. Not everyone is 
uh, as tolerant of risk as, as I am and as, as many of us real estate investors are. But hopefully that sort of thinking is helpful to you. So jumping now into the reasons, again, why you want to own your principal residence first. The number one reason, of course, as you can probably guess, is because your principal residence in Canada, at least for now, is one of the only last remaining um, tax-exempt investment vehicles that exist. So your principal residence in Canada, you do not pay any taxes on that when you sell it. No matter how much money you make on it when you sell it, you don't pay any taxes. So this to me another hidden thing here is that the value of this feature of owning your own principal residence is only going to increase in time the reason for that i believe is that tax rates will continue to increase over time that taxes will not go down that taxes will go up that the government will continue to close any tax loopholes or whatever you want to call them that might exist we're going to be taxed more and more and more and more over the years and again over the decades you got to think long term here um, today versus 20, 30 years from now, I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that tax rates are going to be higher 30 years from now than they are today. Um, that the costs of running our society and, um, all the services that we enjoy in the great country of Canada, um, the, 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 the socialist country of Canada that we are in, these costs are going to continue to increase government size and continue to increase. And somebody's got to pay for that. And it's you and I, it's the taxpayer. We're going to be paying more taxes, I believe, in the future. So therefore, if you're if you're tax-free, this could change, but assuming it doesn't, um, if you're buying an asset today that's tax-free and you don't have to pay taxes when you sell that in, in the future, then the value of that uh, feature is only going to become better and better as tax rates inevitably and taxes inevitably increase in the future. That becomes more and more valuable as other you know, TFSAs and other little things here and there that we do have uh, to to avoid taxes will slowly be eliminated over time. That becomes more valuable. So that's the number one and obviously the most obvious thing is you want to get your money into a tax-free asset. That's going to grow your wealth exponentially. That's going to allow you to move up into bigger and bigger uh, properties as your principal residence, more and more expensive properties over time because when you do move, you're not you're not taking that tax hit um, as you would when you sell an investment property, for example, if you want to, if you had some profit on your investment condo and you wanted to sell it and buy two other condos with it, um, you're going to have to pay taxes first before you can take that money to the next uh, investment opportunity. Um, other points: refinancing possibilities. Obviously, if you um, if you own your own home um, and you and you're paying it down you're building the equity allows you to pull some of that equity out to invest in other areas we've talked a lot about this on many different episodes refinancing and the advantages of that you can do that also with um investment properties too but let's start first with your principal residence another reason to do it first is um it's very helpful i find just to learn real estate learn how real estate works learn how the real estate transaction works to buy your first property and, and to get your hands dirty, so to speak. And, and once you go through that and you actually, you know, the keys are in your hand and the mortgage is, is hanging over your head and, and you have to pay that every month, um, it becomes much more real and much more tangible once you've actually gone through the process yourself. Um, and it's a very different experience when you actually own your own home and, and it makes you a much better investor, a much better landlord when you've gone through that. 
another reason is, um, is again, more of a philosophical standpoint that's personal to me, but maybe it resonates with you as well, is I do believe in taking care of yourself and your family first, uh, making sure that you and your family have a, um, a great home to come home to every day, something that you can be proud of, something that you own, something that is yours, and something that uh, makes you feel good about yourself and about your life and about your finances and and what you've built for yourself to that point every time that you walk through the doors. Um, It's possible, but much more difficult to get that same sense and that same feeling if you're in a rental property or if you're in somebody else's property. So um, I do believe that in just from a mental health perspective and from a familial health perspective, it's very, um, I believe, very wise and good to have a home that is beautiful to you, that is um, is safe and welcoming and warm and um, just amazing place to come home to, again, as you walk through that door every day. And you can really only get that sense, I believe, if you own it yourself and if it's yours and if you bought it and if you earned it and you've worked hard to get it, whether it's, uh, you know, a $50,000 shack in the woods or a $5 million mansion in Rosedale. Um, if you bought it, if you earned it, it's yours. That, that feeling that you get and that sense of pride that you get is something that is, is, um, is, is a very amazing part of life. And, and, uh, we've only got one life to live. So I do believe in, in making it a good one. And, and, uh, and um, just having a, you know, having good things and, and taking care of yourself is very, very important. Another reason for buying your principal residence first, renting is very expensive. We talk about this a lot. Renting in this in the city is very, very expensive unless you are, um, you know, living a very minimalistic, simple life. If you're a single person, perhaps um, renting is very, very expensive. Even if you are a single person, it's expensive, but unless you're doing like some shared accommodation or something like that, but renting is very expensive. And so again, very simple concept of better to put your money into owning the home instead of renting your home. Um, even if you are buying investment properties, buy that principal residence first. And finally, um, that principal residence you buy can become a, a rental property. It might even become your first rental property. So you can hold, once you buy that property and you own it, hold on to it. Don't sell it. Keep it as long as possible. Turn it into a rental property after you live in it for some time um, and move on to your next home. Do that as much as you can um, where finances will allow you to do so, especially if you own um, detached housing or any kind of low-rise housing in particular in, uh, in the 416, in the city of Toronto in particular. But really, if you own uh, low-rise housing anywhere in the GTA, it's just becoming more and more of a rare jewel and and more and more people as more and more people come into our city and fewer and fewer homes are being built um, it's it's just an asset that you'd never want to let go of uh so there there's some reasons why i believe you should always own your own place first some of the exceptions i should just add as a footnote to this episode some of the exceptions to this rule might be the following um as I said, if, as I hinted at, if you're living, if you, if you can live a very simple life, then this may not be the right philosophy for you. If, if you're okay with, um, 
living in a uh, in a, in sort of a, a simple, very simple rental accommodation scenario, where you are living far beneath your means, and you are happy, and you are content, and your home is is a great place that you love to come to, then that my philosophy may not be for you. You might want to stick, you, you should be okay in sticking with that sort of a life if that, uh, if that works for you. Um, again, if, if you're, for example, if you're a, a single young working professional and maybe you have a roommate and, and your rental cost is, you know, a thousand dollars a month or something, then, you know, obviously it, it's going to be extremely expensive for you to move into any kind of an ownership situation. If you're very happy in living that sort of a situation and, and life and, and that's, that works for you, then continue to do that and invest your money into investment properties. For the vast majority of people though, I think my advice uh, is going to work because most people will, um, will, uh, will not fall into that category. And finally, the, the other exception would be if you're living at home, if you're living at home with your parents, if you're, um, if you're a young person, and I have a lot, of, a lot of clients like this who are living at home with their parents, and they're, they're investing in condos all over the place, but they haven't bought their principal residence first. For that sort of a client, obviously, this, my philosophy doesn't really make sense. You should, you should continue. If you're happy and if you're able to live at home, not pay any rent at all. Um, and that works for you again. Uh, maybe you're single, maybe you're not married yet. Uh, you don't have kids or whatever the situation might be. If you're able to live at home for free, keep doing that. Don't do, don't take my advice and go out and, and buy your principal residence. If you're happy and content and it's a good situation for you to live at home with your parents, keep doing that because that is, uh, obviously a, a massive way that you can save um, massive way that you can save money uh, if you're living at home and not paying rent that is huge and it'll allow you to make some great investments that will set you up for the future when you do eventually move out when you do eventually buy your principal residence and you've made some uh, investment property decisions you can still take advantage of the of the uh, tax-free status of getting your principal residence and everything so that would be uh, that would be some some advice there for somebody who's listening who is saying, well, I live at home and and things are working and I'm not paying any rent. Should I be rushing to move out and buy a, you know buy a condo or a house? No, you don't need to you don't need to rush out. But again, for the vast majority of people, I think my advice and uh, uh, my uh, my tips and my reasons for that will apply, as we talked about on this episode. Okay, there you have it. That is it for today's episode. I hope you found this useful. And if you did, please go ahead and send this to somebody that you know, somebody who could benefit from this. Maybe somebody who's in that situation where they're debating, should I buy a principal residence? Should I buy an investment property? Um, Share this with them and let me know what you think. As always, you can email me, andrew at truecondos.com. You can call me anytime, 416-371-2333. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.